Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome in Wednesday, hump day, September 27, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, it finally happened. We're free. We're free. We're free. And, and in hilarious fashion too, right? Damian Lillard who wanted to trade to the Miami Heat the entire summer, the entire offseason, is now a Milwaukee Buck. That's that's fantastic. That is just beautiful. And I cannot wait to talk about it. I know that Connor and I are going to have a lot to say. Three-team trade between the Blazers, Suns, and the Bucks, which ends with Damian Lillard and Milwaukee alongside Giannis. But we have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We'll get to overreaction and not an overreaction in just a second. Yes, we will talk about Dame being a buck. Also, the University of Memphis gave out a statement on their first day of practice. First day of practice was today. We'll talk about that throughout the show. But they gave out a statement on Mikey Williams. And it's good for Mikey Williams. I mean, it is seemingly, they're going to stand by him through his felony felony counts for assault with a deadly weapon. Um, But the University of Memphis, I've seen some stuff out there. It seems like they may come under attack for standing next to a guy with these type of guns, weapons, charges attached to his name. Uh, Also, I'm going to tell you, uh, there's a couple of different coaches on different ends of the spectrum. Of course, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, he gets it. He understands the new age of college football, what you have to do to go win. We've seen that. He's 3-1. and one. Granted, they're coming off a nasty loss against Oregon, but you sort of expected it to happen. It's year one at Colorado. You, you sort of give him a pass for that. But there's another guy by the name of Dabo Sweeney who continues to go down this path of not understanding, not understanding what he needs to get done. He has put out a quote today that we'll talk about in the Blitz. They're 2-2, two and two, Clemson, out of the college football playoff conversation and everything else. And he says they're just a couple of plays away from being 4-0 and in a top-five team. That does not show understanding, but we will discuss that as we move into the Blitz. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins, 5 o'clock. Jeff Calkins show in the Daily Memphian at 6 o'clock, as is customary on a Wednesday. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas talks some SEC college football as a whole. Trip around the NFL at 5.30, small talk at 5.50, rewind at 6.50. We're all loaded and ready to go, and I don't really want to waste any time because we need to get to this Dame stuff. Let's get into overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to wild and crazy guys. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. Our prayers have been answered by the basketball gods. <laughs> Damian Lillard has finally been traded. Here is a summary of the trade. The Bucks get Damian Lillard. The Blazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, a 2029 first-round pick, 
The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Little, and Keon Johnson. I also believe that the Blazers get a pick swap, yes. uh, two pick swaps as well. 28 and 30. Yeah, I they believe. get 28 and 30. So my question to you is, Drew Holiday is expected to be used as a trade bait by the Blazers, and we know that Dame Lillard and his agent have said about not reporting to camp anywhere but Miami, but it sounds like that Dame is ready to play for the Bucks based on his tweet where he called a bunch of people casuals. That was pretty funny. The Bucks made a sound decision, overreaction or not an overreaction? Not an overreaction in the slightest. This is a great decision. If you're looking for... Um, Giannis to be happy and Giannis to think that you're building a championship contender, there's nothing you could have done any better. Dame was out there. He wanted a trade. You went and got him. I love the thought of Dame and Giannis next to each other. There's some people out there that are doing the Drew Holiday compared to Dame thing. Oh, well, Drew plays more defense. Dame can score 32 points a game whenever he gets his hands on the ball. Dame can shoot from half court and nail it. Like, Dame's offensive ability alongside Giannis I love that thought process. And Dame also can get guys involved. Dame is is a guy who can get off the bounce and go get everybody um, their buckets and be a facilitator. So I, I really love it. The question at first before we saw the Dame Lillard tweet was, is Dame going to report? Of course he's going to report. He gets his championship contender. But he, I, I love, I love you know, be that as it may, I love Dame and Giannis next to each other. The Bucks are such a competent organization for the move they've just made. What were the conversations this offseason about Giannis? He goes on podcasts and he's talking to everybody. If he, took what one he, week. What does he say? <laughs> you know, if 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 they're not going to show, if the Milwaukee Bucks don't show me by the end of my contract, which two years and then a player option, if they don't show me by the end of the contract that they're going to make this roster better, which quite frankly that roster – Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, aging stars, and then you have not much past that. It was not looking good. But he said, if you don't show me that you're going to try to get me in championship contention every year of my career, I'll go find somewhere that will give me championship contention for the rest of my career. What did they send? What message did they send? We're willing to do everything to keep you here, Giannis. We're willing to make you a Milwaukee Buck for life. If that means giving away pieces, giving away trade assets to go get a guy like Damian Lillard, we will do that. That is the biggest thing for me on the Bucks' end. They have shown that they are competent enough to listen to their superstar, to listen to a transcendent talent, and go get what he wants, what he needs to go win championships. They have sent that message loud and clear to Giannis. I'm sure Giannis is taking it in stride. Yeah, this is one of those trades where I feel like people are immediately overthinking it. Oh, of, of Take course. Take off the NBA nerd cap, please. Damian Lillard absolutely makes the Bucks better. He just does. I understand that Drew Holiday is a good fit, a perfect fit, if you will. I understand that Drew Holiday is the better defender. I understand that Drew Holiday is all defense level. But he has the worst split, the worst, in the NBA from players scoring in the regular season to the playoffs, yep. and that is ultimately why they made this move. It is for a, the playoffs. And guess what? When you have Giannis Antetokounmpo and you've got Brooke Lopez <laughs> defending the rim, you figure out defense. Yes. You're going to figure it out. They're going to be fine. They also have Malik Beasley. They still have Marshawn Bochamp. They've got Jay Crowder. 
They've got the wings to Any help Pat replace. Any Pat Connaughton love? Uh, Any Pat Connaughton love you know, out there? I, I like Pat Connaughton. He's he's a scrappy dude. But Jay you know. Crowder love. What, what's Marshawn Bochamp's the one that I think they're hoping makes makes the leap. You know, he had a pretty good season last year, and I think that he can make a leap. Me, uh, a leap. Malik Beasley, of course, we know how talented he is. He's going to be hopefully a big piece of their team next year. I think it makes all the sense in the world for the Bucks, and they do get the 2028 unprotected swap rights, 2029 unprotected first round pick. 2030 unprotected swap rights. I think it's an absolute home run by the Milwaukee Bucks. You give Giannis exactly what he's looking for. Damian Lillard, you called his bluff. You said, hey, man, you said you're not going to report the camp, but say that coming to the Bucks. You can't look at Giannis and this team and say, that's not a team I'm going to report to. That would be absolutely insane to say. So great job by them. On top of that, they also took away Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Miami Heat yes. in one sweep. And one, one thing that they did took away both options from the Miami Heat, and now the Heat, man, it's it, tough. I understand why they didn't make better, better offers for Damian Lillard. It did look like that they were, you know, the Blazers were kind of stuck, but they gave the sleeping giant some time to get some things together. And I find it hilarious that because let's be honest about this deal for for the actual Trailblazers, it's not great. It's no. pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a little better than the Miami it's Heat one. It's better than what the Heat were going to give. But just because it's marginally better than the Heat one, of course they took it. And that's what I find so funny about it. Yeah. Is they were like, oh, yeah, we're not sending him to Miami. We're absolutely taking this deal and sending him to Milwaukee. And to be honest, it, they did buy, They did right by Dame. They're sending him to a contender. They're, they're, they are now the favorite in the Eastern in the Conference. East, they weren't going to the trade Eastern him in the Western Conference. Conference. They get a couple picks. They got DeAndre Ayton. They're going to get Drew Holiday. They'll flip him into something. It's kind of TBD right now with how we feel about the Blazers on the side of the trade. Well, but Overall, it seems like everybody kind of got what they were looking for. Right, from like I, everybody wants to do these winners and losers, and oh, did they it's get enough? It's too early to do that. I don't it's think, been three hours. I, I think based on you know history, we learn on the back end, sometimes those losers that you thought were big losers at the time become winners on the back end. Right. Um, but like I think everybody, Blazers, Suns, Bucks, got what they needed out of this. Like I don't think we need to overthink this, and I think everybody is guilty of that right now. You see tweets out there, I think everybody lost. Everybody got worse. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They needed what the Portland Trailblazers needed to get rid of, of Dame because he was had all these trade demands, and they became this story. They need to move on to Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons. They get rid of him. They get a return. Um, they get a, a unprotected first-round pick in 2029, DeAndre Ayton, and Drew Holiday, who they can use to, to then move. Uh, the Bucks get a superstar next to Giannis Antetokounmpo to prove to Giannis Antetokounmpo, hey, we want you for the long haul. We want to stay a championship contender as long as you're here. That's what Giannis wanted. So they get that. And then the Suns on the back end, like you just sort of look at what they got, Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson. I don't think any of those uh, any of those guys in particular are big needle movers. But what did the Suns need alongside Brad Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker? Depth. And someone they, they didn't it. hate. They get someone they didn't hate in DeAndre Ayton. They've been trying to get rid of him for a while. But they got the depth, and they get rid of DeAndre Ayton. I think everybody served themselves in the manner that they needed to serve themselves at this given moment. We'll see how it ages down the road, but I don't know if this is one of those trades where I'm ready to sit here and say, oh, they're a winner, they're a loser. I think they're all slight winners. Yes, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think, you know, looking at the packages everybody got – in my opinion, I think, you know, the, the Bucks are at the top. You get Dame Lillard, you're the favorite in the East now. You get to keep Giannis. You're going to be good for the next couple of years. It's a sound decision. And, hey, if it falls apart, you can still trade Giannis. You can still trade Dame. You can trade Chris Middleton. they got a lot of 
they have a lot of flexibility still, even though they're getting that big contract with Damian Lillard. A lot of excitement up there. When you look at it for the Suns, it's not great, but I understand why they had to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. He had a massive contract. The team hated him. It's no secret that Devin Booker does not like DeAndre Ayton. He just wouldn't throw him the ball when he was wide open, for one. That's no secret. Now, when you want to look at Nurkic versus Ayton, that's a downgrade a bit. It's a bit of a downgrade. Ayton's a, he's better on offense, and he's a better rim protector while still not being a great one. Not a one. great one. Yusuf Nurkic Yusuf, on Yusuf paper. Yusuf Nurkic and Nikola Vucevic are the worst defending big in, in the NBA. In theory. <laughs> okay, I'll give In it that. theory, Nurkic is a good NBA player, a very good NBA player. His foot just happens to explode halfway through the season <laughs> every, every single season. year. Yeah. So if he can make it through the season healthy, I think they'll be okay. They still have some rim protection problems at that position, but he's going to help spread the floor. He shot 36% from three. He's really just there to set picks for Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and all of those guys. If he can just stay healthy and just be a body in front of the rim, they got Eubanks too. They may be able to figure that have out. A Grayson Allen. Hey, you know, you need a villain for a type of team like that. They got Grayson Allen. Keon Johnson's fine. I'm not going to pretend like I have some scouting report on him. And Nasir Little has some potential. The big thing for them is they still need a point guard. Yeah. They still need a point guard. They still have some depth issues at the, and they're at the big they're going to have to worry about big positions. consistently. But they've got all the wings in the world, let me tell you. They've got all the wings in the world over there in Phoenix. Well, if you're talking about the Suns, what what you really want out of a big is a Jokic stopper. I don't think there's a real Jokic stopper out there. I mean, you'd have to look at, you know, um guys that are at the top of the game when it comes to defensive bigs like Jaron Jackson Jr. or Anthony Davis. If that's not what you're going to have on your team, you just get placeholders. Drew Eubanks, Yusuf Nurkic, if he can stay healthy, you're fine They're there. But what are, you, what are you trying to do? You're trying to outscore people. You bring in Grayson Allen, who's another three-point shooter on top of all the 35 plus percent uh, three-point shooters you brought in and this offseason. he'll be willing to injure the best and, player. And you have a guy in Nasir Little who's sort of a good, solid role player on both ends of the floor. I don't I don't mind this for the Suns. You just added depth. I, I, the, the, the main concerns about that team still remain. Yes. Point guard and injury issues. That, but that was what it was before. I, I, I don't think that after they made themselves much worse in that regard. It's an addition by subtraction with Aiden. They're hoping that the team chemistry gets better. They're hoping that... Nurkic fits in a little bit more. He's a better big passer. He's pretty good yep. passing out of the post. Playing with a guy like Dame probably helps their case because he's used to having to be off ball and things like that. So I'm interested to see that fit. I also think that the Blazers make sense too. DeAndre Ayton's still only 25 years old. I still have a lot of doubts about him and the performances that he has had in the playoffs specifically. But Trailblazers, young up-and-coming team, New core. You're finally going to be giving the keys to Scoot Henderson. Uh, to, to Henderson. Yep. You can flip Holiday for for assets. Probably just that, a pick and I or think, two. Maybe. And I think that's I think that's pretty substantial about them. this. People will say, okay, Drew Holiday. What's he going to do for you in that backcourt? Nothing for the Blazers. Yeah, in the next not, couple seasons, right. he's not going to play for the Blazers, in my opinion, ever. But what you can do is flip that guy and see what type of draft assets or assets you can get in return for him. I still think that that is a blockbuster deal that could happen this off season. Sure. You you move out Drew Holiday. Maybe there's a first-round pick on the table for you. You'd probably be protected and maybe another player. I I just feel like the Blazers are fine with where they're at. It was better than the Heat, and that's all they really wanted in the end of the day. That's ultimately all they wanted at the end of the day was to not trade him to the Miami Heat, and the Bucs wanted to do everything in their power to not let Dame go to the Heat, too. It It worked out for everybody. Not everybody hit a home run. To be honest, I think the only team that you could say hit a home run is the Bucs. But the Blazers did pretty good, and the Suns did okay. I and, do. and sometimes in NBA trades, that's all it's going to be. And I think 
I don't think anybody got worse. I think the Suns probably probably about the same level as I felt about them when I woke up this morning versus when this trade right. happened. It just, it just it just depends on how the chemistry Maybe is. Maybe a little Nurkic. more depth. I think I'm almost a little bit a little, more little, depth, little, little but the defense is still going to be a big altogether. problem. Yeah, the defense is still a huge issue in the point guard thing, but hey, they've also got three all-stars. They'll figure it out. They'll probably yeah. figure it out and they've got a long but time like you, to do it. You gave up you gave up DeAndre Ayton, which was not helping you on defense in those big moments anyway. Right. Right. Like you had to have Jock Landale in there at points last year to Jeez, deal with Nikola Jokic. I mean, you, you have Yusuf Nurkic, you have Drew Eubanks, you just need placeholders at that big position, and I think that'll be fine for them ultimately, and we'll see how it ages as we get into the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think ultimately this is fine for all teams, and I don't think everybody needs to just have these overarching statements, oh, this was stupid, why did they do this? No, I think it's fine. I think everybody made it out of this thing. In a good spot. And I wonder how much, with Joe Cronin as the GM for the Trailblazers, I wonder how much pride came into this oh, when it sure. came to doing a deal with Miami Heat. Miami Heat, This, I mean, the whole time, Pat Riley's just sitting with his arms crossed, Joe Cronin saying, give me your best offer. He's like, we've given it to you. Yeah. He doesn't want to come anywhere else. You have no leverage, and he found leverage with another team. So, Joe Cronin, I think there was some pride involved with this thing. Find some type of deal that sends Dame to a contender in the Eastern Conference where you're going to get a slightly – Bigger payday. He, bigger payday. He had a great day. He took care of Dame. He did. He sent him to Milwaukee. He's still going to get paid. He got assets for the Blazers, and he didn't trade him to the Heat. It's a huge win for Cronin. It's a huge win for Cronin. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing that's probably or that could happen from all of this is Drew Holiday might get traded to the Heat, which yeah. is pretty, well, which I, is which is great. No, the two teams that I really would like to see. I mean, it would make sense for Drew Holiday. The Heat are one because. Yes. You're not going to run out Tyler Hero as a starting point guard. Well, they lost Gabe Vincent. Like, they still lost Vincent's their point gone. guard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, Tyler Hero was probably, like, it, Jimmy Butler handles the ball mostly. Let's not sure. lie about it. But Tyler Hero was going to have to be a guy who probably set the table for everybody. If Drew Holiday gets there, defensive-minded, you have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Drew Holiday in there. Uh, all of them can be offensively inclined at times, Jimmy Butler more so in the playoffs than the regular season. Drew Holiday more so in the regular season than the playoffs. I, I, I think that would be a good fit. Another one, 76ers is an intriguing one of James Harden. Absolutely. He's not, it's been reported he's not going to go to camp for the 76ers. And it, it's kind of funny. We, the, the two big trade requests this offseason were Dame Lillard and James Harden. While Dame Lillard's getting dealt to a contender going to the Milwaukee Bucks, James Harden's at a club getting bottle service, and the bottle service girls are holding up signs that say Daryl Morey is a liar. So James Harden's still trying to figure that out. I think Drew Holiday would be an intriguing option to look at if I'm the 76ers. Now, what would you give in return? Like, what would, what exactly would the Blazers want? They're not going to want James Harden, no, right? Like, not gonna that's not going to be anything that, obviously, you could do a straight swap because the Salaries are pretty close to matching, but that's not going to happen. What would you give up if you're the 76ers to go get Drew Holiday is the question for that particular fit. Probably just picks. You know, like I don't, to be honest, like what is Drew Holiday's value? You know, maybe a first-round pick, second-round pick? I don't know. I mean, a first-round pick. I think a a protected first-round pick of some sort, a descending protected first-round pick as the years go along. Um I don't know who else. I mean, could maybe really they get send like they send Paul Reed a bunch of money, but they're not willing to get rid of Paul Reed. <laughs> well, they're not going to get rid of Maxi. No, they just signed Ubre. Maybe they sh- maybe they maybe. send Ubre out. The Anthony Melton. Maybe they send him out. Yeah, he would. He would actually be a really fun fit with that Blazers team. Yeah, Melton would be. But they really. But he's a very important piece 
to the 76ers team now. So it's that's really just what is what's Drew Holiday's value on the on the market? Is he? Worth I think a it's first still round? relatively. I think probably high. a first round pick. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's anything else, but the Blazers are probably. But then you'd going have to, to match more. You'd have to match and do that all too. that. Right. I mean, you'd throw in some throw in some role players. Pat Bev. <laughs> he gets traded around constantly. Who Every, knows? Who knows? But I think Drew Holiday, we're looking – I mean, the two teams that I think would be intriguing that make a lot of sense would be Eastern Conference teams in the, in the Heat and the 76ers. But we'll see. We'll see. I would imagine that the Trailblazers are going to try to get whatever they can in draft capital going forward yeah. with whatever with whoever they, they decide is the good trade partner for Drew Holiday. Right. Um, next up, the University of Memphis put out a statement on Mikey Williams. This is what, what they had to say. While Mikey Williams is enrolled in online classes at the University of Memphis and remains on the roster – he will not have access to team-related facilities or activities until his pending legal process in California is complete. The process to assess and determine his status with the team will be determined later. He, of course, has multiple counts of assault with a deadly weapon in connection with a March shooting outside his house. It's clear that Memphis has said they'll stand by him until they can't anymore. This is the correct move, overreaction or not an overreaction. <sighs> now, everything has nuance, so I'm going to add the nuance after this. But I do not think this is the correct move. I think this is an overreaction. Um, I, I understand from a Penny perspective. I understand why Penny and that staff wants to stand by Mikey Williams. You show good faith. This is a guy that you stood by his entire recruiting process. He ended up committing to the University of Memphis. You feel a type of way about this kid, even though he's made mistakes. I don't think you should be defined as a person your entire life by a mistake you make at 19 years old. I understand why Penny himself is standing by Mikey Williams. Now, for a University of Memphis standpoint, you're standing by a guy who has five, six, six counts of assault with a deadly weapon. After a while, people are going to start talking about it. People are going to give you bad PR. They're saying, is this what you accept? Are you good with having guys with felony counts be involved with your basketball program? That is the truth of it. I understand from a penny perspective, but we've talked about this, Connor. I don't understand why the University of Memphis needs to be lumped into this conversation ultimately. And I think on the back end, if you're the University of Memphis, and even Penny, what does Mikey Williams do for you this year? What does Mikey Williams do for you? Not, not much. You have so much out there. Javon Quinterly, Caleb Mills, Jalen Young is a backup. Mikey Williams is probably not even, if, if he got cleared of everything, he's probably not going to be able to help you this year. He's not going to get a whole lot of minutes. Does that peeve him? Does it become a problem? I, I just think ultimately, yeah, Penny can stand by him. And say, if you get your name cleared, we can re- revisit these conversations. And I think there's a lot of schools around the country that could have that same conversation with him. But as the University of Memphis stands, I think that they should cut ties. I think they, I, I've, been, I've been thinking this. I've been thinking it's time to move on from worrying about Mikey Williams and what's going to happen with these felony counts of assault with a deadly weapon. Because I think on the back end, it could come back to haunt you in the public eye, and I just don't think that's a good thing for the University of Memphis basketball program that's had to deal with IARP, that's had to deal with James Wiseman, that's had to deal with all these things, that has to deal with a three-game suspension for Penny Hardaway. I just think it's it, the look is not worth the reward on the back end, and right. I think it's always been that way. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that it, there's no problem with – Penny Hardaway wanting to have a personal relationship with Mikey and to stand by him in that aspect. But I think for the University of Memphis and as the head coach of the University of Memphis basketball team, it's probably best to cut ties right now because, like you said, there's just there's actually no benefit for this team. He's not going to come in and help them. He, it's doubtful he would even be, be able to come in and help them next year. I'm just not sure. There There is no benefit for Memphis. And now I know that on the flip side of that you could say, well, you don't need a benefit to stand by a kid and help him out. 
And that's where I'm saying, okay, I get that. But for Memphis, the University yes. of Memphis, cut ties with them. And Penny can stand next to him. You can still support yes. the young man. You can still be there for him, try to be a mentor for him while he's going through all of this because it's very serious things he's going through. That's I think one thing that keeps getting lost is it's very serious charges that he's dealing with. He's accused not of shooting, just, uh, shooting at a vehicle with right. intent to harm or potentially kill. Right. This That's, is not, it's it's very, not a joke. It's very serious. It's not like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's it's felonies. That You know what I mean? Right. So I agree with you. I think it may be time for University of Memphis to cut ties and move on because it can only bring negativity right now. If and he, I mean, if Dan he gets Wolken's already and tweeted stuff, about it and talked about well, it. You have people asking questions, saying, "Well, is it okay for the you know you know if you if you want if you have a gun charge, go to the University of Memphis. No, I, I just don't. That negative pub is not worth Correct. the potential reward of a Mikey Williams on the floor at the University of Memphis, and that's where I sort of draw my line. Now, again, I. I I think ultimately for a 19-year-old kid, I do have some sympathy. Like, I'm not, I don't have sympathy for what he is accused of doing. Again, accused, they're going to have to go through the court of law and deal with all that. Don't have sympathy for that. I do have sympathy for a 19-year-old kid who has put himself in such a terrible position. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of his life, this could haunt him. I, like, I hope that he can get past these things, rehabilitate his image, and move forward with the sport of basketball at some point. But I don't think that should be at the University of Memphis. Well, it could be in the future. Like if he Maybe. gets if he gets through all this process and he still has a relationship with Penny, great. If we think that there's a reason for him to be on the University of Memphis basketball team, he can help that team. Sure. Next two years, probably not. No real right. reason. They don't really need him. And to be honest, I don't want him in that locker room right now. I don't want him messing with this team. It's it sounds like that everybody around this basketball team right now is like this is the best one Penny has had. Hundred percent. The chemistry. The dogs that they have, the veterans, everybody knows their role. And then you still might add DeAndre Williams to this group. Nobody touched that. I don't want anybody touching that right now. No distractions. Yeah, but he's been a distraction. He's been hanging over their head for this entire offseason. And they're going to continue to stand by. He's enrolled in school, right? So we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep following it. Um, but the only way, the only way that Mikey Williams gets on campus playing for the University of Memphis basketball program as if just about everything got dropped or pled down to a misdemeanor. That's uh, Those are the only two ways I could see him playing college basketball here, right? Pled down from felony to misdemeanor or charges somehow disappear. And I don't know if either of those are on the table. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm not a lawyer. No. But I, I, I just sort of looking at some of the updates and how many times this thing, you know, his preliminary hearing has been pushed back. It doesn't seem like that's a possibility. Again, we'll follow. We'll see. Now, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That is my promo code, G-A-B-E-K. Again, G-A-B-E-K, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21-plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Now, Tiger basketball had their first practice today. There's some, there's some takeaways from it. Let's talk about it on the other side, 92.9 FM, ESPN. 
Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's a Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We already talked about one storyline with the Memphis basketball program. That would be Mikey Williams and the statement that the University of Memphis gave out today saying they're going to stick by him until everything, uh, you know, the pending legal process in California is complete. But today was the first day of practice. There's a lot of, a lot of things being discussed right now. I got to see him run five on five. David Jones is out there. They have just about everybody on campus for the first time ever running five on five. That's fun to watch. Even in the Dominican trip, they never really got to do this with a full cupboard if you will. Um, But there's a couple of things we have to start with, and David Jones is sort of the first thing that that jumps off the page when when dealing with five-on-five people covering it, watching it. Um, He he was shining today. He's a guy who obviously does dirty work. He's a good rebounder. He can play some good defense. But from an offensive perspective, may not have the three-point ball, but he can slash, get to the mid-range. And the shot creation was jumping off the page when it, came, when, it, when it comes to this, this University of Memphis basketball program. And they, truthfully, obviously Kendrick Davis and, you know, Jeremiah Martin going back, first year of Penny, uh, those are the guys that you look at as, oh, my gosh, they could really go create their own shot. This year you're so deep in that regard. David Jones can do it. Jaquan Walton can do it. Javon Quinterly can do it. And this is going to be a point of emphasis for this team this year. When you need to go get a tough bucket, which has been really tough to get in the past, you have a lot of options. Get the ball in one of these guys' hands, let them go find a shot, let them go create, and potentially go make a shot. Yeah, it's Penny Hardaway's most complete team. By far his most complete team. You're not relying on one or two guys, DeAndre Williams or Kendrick Davis, to drive the offense. Multiple guys on this team know what to do with the basketball in their hand. They also understand what their roles are going to be on this team. It feels like that every single night somebody else, somebody could pop off for 20-plus, and I think that's really attractive if you're a Memphis basketball fan, and it makes them dangerous because teams have to prep for every single guy that's going to be out there. There's just not They don't have to just focus in on Kendrick Davis right. or DeAndre Williams. They're going to have to focus in on all of these guys. David Jones, Jaquan Walton, re- Javon Quinterly, Jordan Brown. And it really sounds like Jaquan Walton is going to surprise people next season with his play. He has been the talk about well, he's the best one on the floor. He's the best scorer. He's the best creator. I cannot wait to see him. It shouldn't he's be surprising, It shouldn't he's be surprising. He's 6'7", 206. We saw his ability to get to the rim while he was in the Dominican. You thought of him as just sort of this three-point specialist guy who was a leading scorer at Wichita State. That's not the case. He's a big, long wing with a 40% three ball that can get off the bounce, go get to the mid-range, pick his spots. He, it shouldn't be surprising, right? Like, yeah, maybe it is. He had the issues with Alabama. He only has one year of real production at Wichita State. But he is—he came into his own last year, and now he's in a spot that's going to try to highlight what he does offensively, and that's big. And I think more so than anything, like, the reason you should trust, okay, yeah, these guys can go create their shot. You're going to have enough offense. The reason you should trust the offense being set is because I, I – this is obvious – and people may say, okay, captain of the obvious. Javon Quinterly, he can set the table for anybody. He's so damn experienced. He knows what he's doing. He, you know, Penny was talking about Javon Quinterly, Jaquan Walton, Caleb Mills, all guys that have stepped up and been those leaders for this team. But you have guys who can set the table. You have more than one. 
You know, it was Kendrick Davis last year, but before that, you're dealing. Who, who's going to set the table? Alex Lomax. There was a while where people thought when they were having lulls during the season, Earl Timberlake could be that guy. You tried to put the ball in Lester Quinones' hands, which we see on the back. Hey, end, watch yourself. Was pretty solid. Watch yourself. Um, but you have Caleb Mills, Javon Quinterly, Jalen Young. All of these guys can go set the table for their teammates, which is something you have not had depth. You haven't had depth. Right. You haven't had depth at being able to do that. A player, a, role, a guy who can play a role and go uh, facilitate for this team game in, game out. You have enough guys, more than enough guys, to go make that happen. Yeah, and again, if you add DeAndre Williams to this group, sky's the limit. Sky's, I already think that they're a top 25 team easy. You could argue they're a top 20. You add DeAndre Williams, I think you get into top 10 ca- uh, territory there and where the Final Four becomes, becomes a real possibility. I still think there's a pathway to it right now for this basketball team if they show up in the regular season, they take care of business, win the games they're supposed to win. But, man, you add DeAndre Williams to this team, man, woo, it's going to get fun. Because I just can't wait to see Jordan Brown and David Jones go to work. These are yep. the two guys that I'm really excited about. And then add and DeAndre Williams to that group. Nobody nobody has anybody in the country that can deal with those three. What's interesting, too, is I think a lot of people are going to dock this Memphis team going into the preseason and the polls and everything else. And we'll see it. We'll see you know what they do because there's not enough continuity. That, that's what they get knocked sure. for. But I think – when you talk about this team as a whole, yeah, it's a, f- a lot of first-year guys on campus at the University of Memphis, but there's enough veteran, experienced leadership on this team. We mentioned Javon Quinterly, Jaquan Walton, and Caleb Mills are the guys Penny mentioned. But you have Malcolm Danger. You have Jaden Hardaway who's been there forever. You could have DeAndre Williams. Jordan Brown's been in college for five years. There is some leadership ability on this group. You just need to see who steps up as we get into the season. I think that's massive for a team that needs to gel early is having guys who can push you in the right ways, who can push you to do what you need to do, who have that leadership and experience and that ability. Everything that we're talking about gives this team potential to get off to a hot, hot start. They've got to do it because every single year with Memphis Tigers basketball, we always get hyped up about the team that they have, and then it's a bit of a rocky start, and we're sweating it out at the end of the year. My hope for this team specifically and the way it is built is we will not have to go through it's, that process. It's strictly what they do in non-con, though, is where you – Right. You, I mean, if they struggle in the non-con, you're still going to be sweating because there's not well, much Well, the, the expectation AAC. with this type of team is you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't. shouldn't. Be, yeah. You shouldn't. You but, shouldn't struggle. But, again, lack of continuity will get them docked in the early season until they show that even through a lack of continuity they can gel early, I think they'll still have the, – there'll be a hesitation. There'll be a hesitation. Now, um, Penny was asked about – DeAndre Williams, and there was some speculation that uh, the NCAA had already once denied him in his request for reconsideration um, to get another year of eligibility. And Penny basically gave it the old, I can't speak on that. I, I, he said, I just let the university do what they do. We're hoping to get him here soon. I don't know, Connor, where I, I had positivity way back when, right? I, it seemed like the case was pretty cut and dry that DeAndre Williams got bad advice, uh, had a year in waiting because he got there, got to which or uh, not Wichita State, but to Evansville early and didn't have the grades to go along with it, didn't have the credit, so he couldn't play. So I, I figured that that would come into question, and that counted as a year toward his clock. I figured that that would be easy to determine. Now, where that positivity was, I don't know if I have – much positivity about DeAndre Williams getting here. I, and this is just strictly speculation. I don't know what the NCAA is going to say. I, I don't think Penny Hardaway knows. I don't think the University of Memphis knows. 
But I don't know where my positivity meter should be on DeAndre Williams suiting up for the Tigers again. Mine's kind of always been 50-50. It's always been, I think this could go either way. Because it's the NCAA and it's the University of Memphis, and we all know the history with with the NCAA in Memphis. You just never know which direction it's going to go. Which is why I've been like, if if we add DeAndre, if we do this and this with DeAndre, it's going to be great. I'm... I've been focusing more on the team that they have right now, I think, because it is 50-50. It's a toss-up. You, we have no idea because also what doesn't help is the NCAA is so inconsistent from yes. case to case. You yeah. can't look at a case and say, oh, that happened there, which means this is going to happen here because their rulings make absolutely no sense. They denied a player who had to leave because of his sick grandmother. Yeah, it's, Tez it's, Walker. Which is absolutely insane, which does not bode well for the University of Memphis if you're looking at that case because he had a better case for it and they didn't give it to him. Well, I mean, what are you going to tell DeAndre Williams? Yeah, you got bad advice, but you shouldn't have heeded that advice. Like, is that is that sort of what it could be if they if they deny him? They just like, don't seem like a sympathetic – they, they just seem like an organization that doesn't have we much sympathy that. They're for not people. sympathetic. <laughs> They're not sympathetic. <laughs> right. They don't right. give a damn. I mean, they pop Penny for giving for, – for <laughs> For giving Wiseman money before he was even the coach in Memphis. Yeah, like, I know. This is the, it's, this it's, is the organization that we're dealing with. Yes, and it never usually bodes well at the University of Memphis dealing with the NCAA. But we'll see. We'll see. We got our fingers crossed. I'm I'm hopeful. Now DeAndre is enrolled because they have to have him enrolled. They had to have him enrolled before the ad drop date. So right. They got him in school, but it's still up to the NCAA if he's actually going to play. Um, now moving on to college football, we had a lot of guys that tried to compare Penny and Prime, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and I think you know if you're going to pick up one guy in college basketball that emulates Prime, that emulated Prime, especially at the beginning of his career at the University of Memphis, I'd say that that's Penny. I don't think it's a one and one one to one example. We talked about it the other day, but Coach Prime, he has obviously turned the college football world on its head, and he's changing the way we look at things. Fifty three new players, eighty fifty three new college scholarship players. 83 new players on the roster. Uh, he's flipped it around. He's tripled the wins at Colorado, even in year one, at a place that's not necessarily known for recruiting. He's got five stars all over the field. And one of those five stars that he brought in that has not seen the field is Cormani McLean. He was a five-star cornerback in the 2023 class. And they expected, you know, going into the year, if you were talking to Colorado reporters, you're going to have Travis Hunter on one side, Cormani McLean on the other. He's the number one cornerback in that class. But he has not played, and Dion has gotten a lot of questions over the weeks. Um, you know, your DBs aren't as good as they should be. You give up a lot of passing yards. Could Cormani help? And he's sort of been, you know, hesitant to answer the question. But to yesterday, when he stepped up to the mic, he answered that question, and quite frankly, he answered it in a very open and honest way that I, I certainly appreciate. Coach Sean Keeler at the Denver Post, you mentioned last week that Cormani seeing the field was up to Cormani. Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on what you want to see him do, one. And two, did he help his case? Study, late, prepare. Late, late against Study, Gordon. prepare, be on time for meetings, show up to the darn meetings. Understand what we're doing as a scheme. Want to play this game, desire to play this game, desire to be the best in this game at practice, in the film room. Uh, and on your own, free time. You do know that I check film time for each player upon the week. Thursday, I need film time from the whole staff so I can see who's been preparing. And that's just not about commodity. That's about a multitude of them. So if I don't see that, that it, you would be a fool to put somebody out there and they're unprepared. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. I'm old school. I'm sorry. 
Did, did Oregon help in that regard because he got out there late? Did What you what saw a score. Him? Shoot. I started to put you out there at one point. <laughs> you see that Broncos game? It would have looked like that. Leave, hey, hey, leave my guy alone. Leave my guy alone. I love the Broncos. You know I love their coaches. Sean Payton's my guy. He said leave Sean Payton out of it. How can but you not love this guy? I, here's the thing. It's like you, 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 I like. I like Dion, and like sometimes he steps up to the podium, and I think there's a lot of people waiting for him to slip up and say things that they don't like, so they can like him less. Every time he steps up to the podium, I find myself loving him more. And I, and I hate to be corny football guy, all gas, no brakes, whatever the hell you're saying is, but they've hit the brakes in New York. When we, t- yeah, when, true. <laughs> when we talk about the sport of football. And we talk about recruits coming in that are five stars. There's a lot of coaches around the country. If you're a five star, they've promised you some things. They've said you're going to hit the field. You're going you're going to be given this spot, and you will have to take it into your own hands and go make it happen because you will be out there. We're going to thrust you into action no matter what because they've promised them that ahead of time. But what I was always taught when you're going through a high functioning good football program, the Alabamas, the Georgias, all those types of schools. It's always earned, not given. And Cormani McLean, for a one-win Colorado team coming into this year, it seemed like it was going to be given. That Dion, oh, he did everything he could in recruiting. He was going to put him on the field no matter what. But Dion says, no, he's not prepping. He's not showing up to meetings on time. He thinks it's going to be given to him. I'm not going to give it to him. And what Dion has done, and people didn't like it at the beginning. People, you know, his first meeting with all the players at Colorado, he said, you need to hop in the portal because if you're not good enough, if you won one game last year, you may not be good enough to be on this team. What he has done, people didn't like it, but he tells the truth about all his players seemingly at every single moment, every chance he gets. And Cormani McLean, even though he's the number one cornerback in the 2023 class, even though he's a five-star at the University of Colorado and seemingly all five stars should start immediately upon being at the University of Colorado, he's saying, no, he's not doing enough. And I love that. Being a football guy, having seen guys think that it's just intrinsically they're good enough to be on the field, they think they're the best guy ever. Dion, who you would assume made all these pitches – that I'm going to give you the starting spot. He's saying, no, I didn't give those pitches. He's got to show me that he wants to prep, that he wants to be on the field for the Colorado Buffaloes, and I think that's impressive as hell. That's impressive as hell. And Dion, every time he steps up to the podium, Connor, it's just like I, you want to find a reason maybe to like him a little less. I, I love him even more every time he steps up because he's so measured, and people will say, okay, you know, maybe he's not as measured. He says some things. That he, no, he is measured every time he steps up to the podium. I think the one thing that people keep missing <clears throat> or failing to talk about, really, when we have the discussions about Coach Prime is the fact that he's very good at this job. Yes. Okay? He's, he's got the flash. Sure. He's got the quotes. Sure. He's made it a show. Sure. He's also very good at <laughs> coaching football and leading young men. All right? We've got years of evidence of this now, of him being successful. It's no surprise I mean, to me I mean, that this is how you, he operates. Did you see the story about Jimmy Horn Jr. in the Colorado State game? Yes. He dropped some balls, right? He dropped a bunch of balls out there. He didn't look good. And, and the reason that you know the Colorado offense wasn't humming as well as it should have been is because Jimmy Horn had struggled. He pulls Jimmy Horn to the side. He says he knows that Jimmy Horn's dad is incarcerated. He pulls him to the side. He says, your dad's watching this thing behind those, behind those bars 
around all his cellmates wanting for you to make a play so he can have pride in his son. And I, and he said, I know that you're going to make that play to make your dad proud. Um, again, dad is incarcerated. And Jimmy Horn, of course, goes on to catch the, catch the you know, game-tying touchdown. Of course, they had to get the two-point conversion as well, but he got it in there for the six before they got the two to make it eight to tie the game. He is one of, if not the, I would say he's the best motivator in the sport right now. He's the best motivator in the sport. And I think it's very clear, too, the pitches he gives on the recruiting trail is about work, and it's about getting this program to where it needs to be when it needs to be there. And, and I, 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 again, you want to fault him sometimes when he gets up to the, the podium, but I can't. I just cannot. He's authentic. He's very authentic. He really is. It's rare. It's rare these days to it's get authenticity. Rarity. It's a rare. Everything he says, you know he believes, which I can respect. I can yep. respect that. And, I mean, we talked about it when the Johnny Manziel documentary came out. You also know how easy it is to manipulate tape. If he's not even doing that, it means he doesn't care. It means he doesn't care what the coaches think about his prep. Yeah. And so Dion's calling him out. And, and Dion clearly does not care if Cormani likes what he's saying or not. He knows what Cormani needs to hear, and he's going to make him hear it. If Cormani gets in the portal, he gets in the portal. And that's what some guys will do. They'll be scared. Coaches will be scared to put that out in the press. They'll be scared to tell you the truth about that five-star recruit that's not playing and not playing at a high level. But Dion's doing it regardless of what that five-star is going to think on the back end. And I, I respect the hell out of that because it needs to be earned, not given in college football and in football in general. Now, last thing uh, before we bring on Jeff Calkins, Michigan State, they officially did it today. He was on leave for a while. But Mel Tucker has been fired for cause. Uh, Brenda Tracy is the accuser. She has accused him of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct. Um, now, players will have 30 days to enter the portal. Harlan Barnett was, was the, is the interim right now. Um, Mark D'Antonio, who was there for a while, is the, the associate head coach. I don't still have a whole lot of explanation, but it looks like you know Mel Tucker's going to try to go back at them and try to get the buyout. But it feels like his hands may be a little bit tied because when investigators came to talk to him about what Brenda Tracy said about him, um, you know, whether it was consensual or not, he said that, yeah, we basically had phone sex. We, you know, I, I definitely talked about her body because I thought it was a consensual act. Um, so there is sexual misconduct, but he has admitted ahead of time to doing these things with Brenda Tracy, even though he is still married. Now, granted, he's estranged. It, it just feels like the investigation and the truth he told on the front end is going to keep him from being able to get uh, any type of buyout in this situation. And we're going to have to see it all play out. I don't have a whole lot of speculation on this, though, at the, at the given moment. But, I mean, Michigan State should be a decent job for somebody to take over, right? Probably. I mean, you know, I don't know, you know, the, the exact names involved. There's Mike Elko at Duke. Would he want to leave Duke with the sweat equities built up there? Um, I think Michigan State could help a lot more in the, you know, Recruiting department, NIL department, it would be an easier place to recruit people to. Lance Leipold from Kansas, I think that would make sense. Uh, Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, now that they're probably going to step down and not even be a Power 5 school at Oregon State. Dave Clawson from Wake Forest. Like, there are some guys out there that may want to take on this Michigan State job. But Mel Tucker, that was that – was, when we look at it, Look back at the 10-year, $95 million deal he got after going 11-2 with Peyton Thorne and Kenneth Walker. This was a complete and total 
disaster. Yeah. Not only did he get bad, the, the team got bad, it disintegrated. But then on the back end, you realize that behind closed doors, a woman he brought in to speak on behalf of women and basically to say respect women, he's accused of sexual misconduct with that woman. I just, I, it, it just bl- blows my mind, boggles my mind that we're at this point. But Michigan State is in a world of hurt right now, and they got to see what happens with that college football program going forward, which I think has a fair amount of upside for whoever takes it over next. But Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join on the other side. We'll do that. 92.9 FM ESPN.